This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 148 of the Laravel News Podcast. Mr. Dorinda just met my mother for the first time ever, probably for the I first know. time and last time ever. <clears throat> we're moving We're moving our relationship to the next yeah, level, meeting each true. other's parents. Yep, bringing them home to meet my folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my uh, parents are here in town, and um, <clears throat> they played with the kids in the pool all day today, so all the kids passed out within like five seconds of their heads hitting the pillow. It was great. And uh, I got to go do some fishing today with my 10-year-old who bought a fillet knife, mm-hmm. a fish fillet knife today. He, he got his, his goal, knife. it is his goal to now catch fillet and eat a fish that he caught. He wants to do the whole thing, start to finish. I'm like, all right, buddy. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So he spent his own Very money nice. on a fillet Very knife nice. today. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big deal. Lots of progress. You know, he's becoming a man. So by the time he's 13, my goal is to be able to kick him out in the wilderness and he should, he should be able to survive. So we'll see how he does. He's going to Andrew Delpretti. Yep, that's right. Uh, for those of you who don't know Andrew Delpretti, he is a, uh, he's a great dude. He's no longer a Laravel developer, but he used to be. He used to be one of the elite, elite Laravel developers. Now he's just like a JavaScript guy, works at Webflow, you know, yeah. abandoned <laughs> us. Anyway, shout out, Andrew. We love you. Hey, shall we get started, my friend? <laughs> hey, speaking of shout outs, shout out to our friends at Honey Badger, Honey Badger will be talking more about their wonderful error tracking monitoring application later on in the show. Absolutely. They're one of the best for sure. So releases, we've got one release here, level 8.52, 8.52. And this was released with taking multiple items from a collection using shift or pop, which by the way, you can do with an array, right? Array shift, array pop. This uh, shift takes it off the end and pop takes it off the front. So now you can, no, other way, other way around. Other way. Dang it. Yeah. Pop is off the end, shift is off the front. You're right. You're right. Shift off the front, pop off the end. And then you've got unshift and push. There we go. There we go. Michael knows. Of course he knows. Along with a new validation rule to ignore trashed models and the latest changes in the 8.x branch. Let's start with that taking multiple items from a collection. So our very own good friend, Ed Grosvenor. I believe I got it. I believe I got it, Ed. I think I got mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'll be seeing him um, pretty pretty soon coming up. He's going to be coming to our uh, Laircon little meetup that we do every time that there's a Laracon online, which by the way, if you're from anywhere in the Midwest, you should definitely come check that out. Uh, go to the Laracon website. Uh, we have one of the meetup parties. Tickets are free. We're going to dinner the night before. It's going to be a whole deal. So if you have... The first one up there, yeah, I saw, yes. I think, on the website. Yeah, Canico actually contacted me like the day before and he was like, hey, I don't have any viewing parties. Can I? Can you set one up real quick so I can have at least one link up on there? I was like, yes, please. So mm-hmm. I set that up and so it's on mm-hmm. there. So if you're looking for a viewing party to go to and you're from Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, any of those places, drive over and come hang out with us. It'd be really fun. So Ed Grosvenor mm-hmm. is one of the guys. He'll be here. He contributed the ability to add an optional numeric argument, which defaults to one, on the shift or pop collection methods. So it allows the user to shift or pop items from a collection in one pass. So if you have like collect and you have an item of four items and you shift, it will just take the first item off. But if you have 
uh, collection of four array items. You say shift three, it will pop, it'll shift off, sorry, the first three items and then it can give those to you, which is pretty cool. Uh, we also have now supporting a proxy URL for Laravel Mix Hot Reload. So Stefan Sweetland contributed a new application configuration, which is app.mixhotproxyurl. And this is useful if you're serving a local app with ngrok, uh, something like that. So you want to be pushing this um, URL out to the outer webs and you want to change the URL that gets output in your hot uh, reloads. So you can now do that using app.mixhotproxyurl. There's also a contribution by Philo Hermans, uh, who contributed a ignore trashed validation rule, which is just basically syntactic sugar for uh, rule, unique users, where null, deleted at. So uh, apparently, typically when you do this, it does not ignore deleted at users, which I actually would have thought because it's a global scoping that it would have applied the Mm. like the deleted at stuff you know how typically like if you ever query the user's model um it always fails to include the the trash users on purpose right i think i think i think it does that on purpose because in table like because you might have soft deleted records but they have unique keys sure yeah that makes sense so you don't want to try you know if you have a validation rule that goes oh yeah we don't have a user with this email address because it, it's you know skipping over the the soft deleted one, and then you try and insert a duplicate email address, you're going to have database exceptions. It totally makes sense. It's not it's not what I would have thought what ha- was happening though. So it's good to know. Mm. It's good to know two things. Number one, that it uh, includes deleted at models uh, typically in your unique uh, rules, and that now you can ignore trashed items when you're doing that unique check. So thank you, Philo. Uh, we've got supporting job middlewares on queued listeners. So Gunter Debrauer contributed support for job middleware on queued listeners. So you can check out details for that on pull request 38.128. One more here. Clement Blanco contributed two optional model methods, broadcast as and broadcast with when using model broadcasting. So I believe... This really just uh, allows these to, uh, you, I think you can do this, hmm, I'm trying to think if you can do this any other way or if this is basically brand new. Uh, what this allows you to do is allows you to change what it will broadcast as and what it will broadcast mm-hmm. with, what item is being broadcast. So you could broadcast the, uh, you, so like for example here, in the example that they give here, broadcast with, uh, you can send along the ID of the user that created a post, for example, instead of the post ID, you can send along the user ID of the person who created the post. And then you can uh, specify what you want it to broadcast as. So instead of created, you can broadcast it as server.created. So you can customize the keys that it's broadcasting with. uh, I'm sorry, broadcasting as. And then you can also customize the information that it's getting broadcast with. So Again, the way that you do that, and again, you can you could look at the the contribution here, but you just give the key that it would normally be given, so like created, and then you fat arrow, and then you specify what you would like to substitute in place of that information. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Pretty cool. Lots of good stuff in there. Lots Beautiful. of good stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, moving on, my friend. Still still ongoing. Yes. There's always, always something new and exciting coming in the framework. Absolutely. And you've got something to say about this next uh, one, too. I think you brought you wrote up your own little blog post on this I wrote stuff. Up my own post. 
I even sent a huge breaking change pull request to I the see that. master branch of the framework. So you're that guy. I did see that. <laughs> immutable date casting. Immutable date casting in Laravel 8.53. So Adam Campbell contributed two new model cast cast options, cast types, immutable underscore date and immutable underscore date time, which maintains support for all current day and date time functionality, except it will return a carbon immutable instance instead of a mutable carbon instance. Uh, you can check out the pull request 38199 for further details on the implementation and to get started with datecast, we'll also have a link to the date casting documentation. But as a high-level overview, in your eloquent models, you can have a protected casts property, which is an array of key-value pairs, mapping your database columns to uh, either primitive types or object cast that you create for your application specifically. So you could say... Um, your primary keys are, are an integer or you could say certain fields are boolean for example so that they get cast into the appropriate types within your application any and every time you return that model uh, next up muhammad said contributed a new queue monitor artisan command that will check the sizes of all queues provided and output them into the console so you can go php artisan queue monitor i think taylor also tweeted that there is an event that is fired if you trigger certain thresholds so that you can get that to send you an email, fire off SMS alerts, notifications into uh, Slack and things like that. So thanks to that contribution from Muhammad. Doug Sisk contributed a new twice daily at scheduler frequency method that allows setting the specific minutes past an hour to run. So you might have a, a command that you want to run at, uh, you know, two o'clock, in the morning or 2 a.m. And, and 2 p.m., but you want it to run at five minutes past the hour. So previously, you would have had to use, I think, the the cron method and pass the pass the the, the cron expression manually. So you'd have to do like uh, five space two comma fourteen uh, star star star. So now you can just do twice daily at past the first hour, the second hour, uh, twenty four hour values. So uh, you know zero through twenty four. Oh, sorry, 0 through 23, and then the offset. So if the number of minutes past the hour that you want that command to run. Next up, Anise Khan contributed an accepted if validation rule, which means a field must be truthy if another field under validation is equal to a specific value. And this is useful for validating terms of service and other such confirmation hmm, flows. So you could say um, the foo field is accepted, must be accepted if the bar value is set to uh, AAA. Uh, and Muhammad Sayed has also been pumping out these uh, videos. They're probably, you know, five to 10 minutes in length, just walking through each of the new features that come out on the weekly Laravel releases. It's been fun watching his journey in terms of improving that workflow and, and the quality of those videos and things like that. So he's doing a great, great job with those. Yeah, so the lighting looks we'll really have, good. Uh, yeah, he's got it all set up. He's, he's got his office finally set up. I think he's, you know... Getting really good at it. For sure. His, his content is always very good. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, we'll have a link to that video and the full list of new features and updates in the show notes. So, Michael, before we move on here, uh, and because I know that you wrote a blog post about this, and it's right, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, would you care to take just a quick minute to talk to us about mutable versus immutable? So, like, give us a 101 sort of explanation of mutable versus mm-hmm. immutable. And then tell us why you might be interested in using carbon immutable versus mutable. Mm-hmm. So uh, immutable basically means that once you have instantiated an object, any modifications you make 
to that object will not change the original object. So if you were to create a uh, a carbon instance or a new date time in PHP even, so this is this is the underlying date time class in PHP. So with the, the default dates that you have in Laravel and uh, the default behavior is mutable. So if you were to say dollar start equals carbon colon colon now, and you wanted to set an end date sometime in the future, seven days, 10 days, 14, whatever. So if you were to take the start date and you were to add seven days to the start date, so you do carbon, uh, sorry, dollar start equals carbon now, dollar end equals dollar start arrow add days seven. What that will do is that will give you dollar end will be seven days in the future, but it will also modify the dollar start variable to also be seven days in the future. So it'll mutate. So any transformation. Yeah, it'll mutate that first It one. mutates. Correct. It mutates the original one because it is a. It is basically a reference. Dollar end is essentially a reference to dollar start. So if you change dollar end, dollar start will also update to match that, and that can lead to unpredictability in your applications. It can lead to test failing in in a, in conspicuous ways and things like that. So in in my applications, I, I essentially put in my app service provider using Laravel's date facade, so date uh, colon colon use carbon immutable. And that means in all of my applications, by default, it's always going to use an immutable date. And that means you don't run into these uh, obscure hair pulling scenarios where right. you're, you're trying to do some you know if you're trying to iterate over a range of dates or a, or a date interval or a date period or something like that and you basically run into infinite loops because you keep pushing your date out so you never actually reach the end date kind of thing so um i i do have a, a post about that i can link to in the show notes if you'd like i also as i said i, I made a pull request to the framework to to change the default behavior for laravel 9 to be uh, immutable dates by default, which surprisingly didn't require too many changes to the framework. And it was funny that there were even a couple of those scenarios that I just explained that, that they exist in in the framework and in, in the framework test cases where there is some assertions made about changes in a date after the sort of checks are there. So hopefully this will... Uh, it's definitely going to cause some issues in some applications for sure. Because some applications are going to almost, whether explicitly or implicitly relying on that behavior, have something like that in there. So it's easy to back out. So and it's only if you're using the Laravel framework stuff directly. It won't it won't affect you if you're using carbon directly and explicitly saying, you know, I want a carbon instance versus using the illuminate carbon or the or the Laravel date facade. So it's only there as a proposal at the moment. We've still got several months before Laravel 9. Taylor may decide he doesn't want to accept it, and that's fine as well. Yeah. there's um, So in that particular instance that you mentioned, so the one where you have start equals carbon now and then end equals your start time plus seven days. So if you were using carbon immutable in that case, would end just be getting a new instance of a carbon value, right? So mm-hmm. what it would do is instead of mutating yes. the original one, it would just give you a brand new object saying use the start time, add seven days, and now return a new instance without modifying the original mm-hmm. one, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. so your so code doesn't need carbon to change. Carbon will... Right. No. Um, well, Unless maybe. you're relying on that behavior, so carbon, right? If you're relying on that behavior, correct. then it would it'd be mess up your yeah. code, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you've got... By default, carbon will you know make the mutation and then return dollar this. 
So you get the same thing back. So you can so you can chain the methods sure. together. Whereas yep. carbon immutable, the first thing it's going to do is dollar date equals clone dollar this. So it makes a copy of that, and then it'll return the cloned right. value. Right. So and and this is a fairly standard thing to do with immutable objects. You know, whether dates or or otherwise, and it's certainly in PHP and probably in other languages as well, is that you return a new instance of that object cloned from the original input so that, you know, you are getting the original date adding seven days, but you're not getting the reference to the original object. You're getting a new, like a cloned instance of that object. Yep, absolutely. There was one other thing that I always like to mention. So if you ever have a date and you are trying to add a month or take a month away from it, you're going to want to use uh, add months, no overflow or sub months, no Mm -hmm. overflow. The reason why that happens is if you're on like January 30th and you add month, what it's going to do is it's going to add, you know, a month and it's going to skip right over February. It's not going to give you February 30th because there is no February 30th. It's going to give you actually March 2nd or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're ever wanting to add month, sub month, when you're doing something like a, uh, you know, you wanted to get back through like all the months of a year or something like that, make sure you're using add month, no overflow or sub month, no overflow. Okay, that's quite the PSA. I will move on here, but uh, just a couple items there that would be helpful to discuss. Okay, Laracon Online Summer 2021. So it is here. It is uh, tickets are available and I'm waiting for the site to load up. Here we go. It's coming back to you live on September First, 2021, no hotels, no airfare, unless you're coming to Laracon Online Bloomington Meetup. Just sign up and spend the day watching some of the best speakers right from your computer. We've got a really great speaker lineup this year, 12 uh, different speakers. And again, we're going to go with the 30-minute sessions. Uh, We have a wide variety of topics. You can learn new techniques and tricks. Here are some of the items on the menu. We've got Mohammed uh, doing Asynchronous Laravel, Bug Fixing Your Career by Diana Scharf. Getting the most out of Cashier, Stripe, and Paddle with Drees. We've got Laravel updates with Taylor. We've got Refactoring with Christoph Rempel. Uh, lots of really, really good stuff. Canico is giving a talk on uh, Tailwind tricks. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's some really good ones. Uh, Jonathan Rennick, Colin DiCarlo, some uh, veterans there, uh, Freke. Yeah, so lots of good ones. Lots of really, really good ones. So the tickets allow you to watch the conference live as well as access all the recordings after the event. Uh, there's typically, and I think again, we'll have this year, they really have some pretty good digital conference swag. So remember a couple of years ago, you got a free domain and you get discounts for all sorts of things that you would typically use if you're a Laravel developer, sometimes like discounts to Forge or Laravel Shift or things like that. So free credits to DigitalOcean or AWS and et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, really, really good stuff and excited to be able to watch that again this year with some folks <laughs> here in Bloomington. Should be a good time. All right, over yeah. to you, my friend. And uh, Kaneko, Kaneko and Flick have done an awesome job of the oh website as well, yes. which you can check out at laricon.net. It's really, really good. Yeah, it uh, they can, it was a takeoff of kind of the logo that um, that we had from the last Laracon, uh, but mm-hmm. it's totally reimagined. It looks awesome. They always do such a good job. I love the, the look of the site. It's got all these fun little uh, blurb shapes. They also do this fun thing where it's like it looks like you're in a Zoom call with all of the speakers. Mm-hmm. So they just did a great job. It's interactive. It's really fun. And I'm excited to excited to see what else they're coming up with. They also have, if you've seen on Twitter, they have like little video clips from each of the speakers, which has been cool to watch those. Mm-hmm. 
um, and retweet those. So if you see those, give those people some likes and retweets as well. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool. Knights, Knights of the Flexbox Table is a fun, interactive, and completely free browser game to help you learn and remember Flexbox with Tailwind CSS. It is a project from our friends at Beyond Code. So uh, Marcel and Sebastian and Diana. The premise of the game is to use Flexbox and Tailwind CSS to navigate dungeons and interactively, uh, sorry, to to use Flexbox and Tailwind CSS to navigate dungeons interactively. And by learning how to use Tailwind CSS classes, you can move around the knights and conquer the dungeons. As you progress through the dungeons, you'll face different challenges to learn various Flexbox applications. For example, in the second dungeon, we use Justify Center to align the knights with the treasure matching their color. Uh, it's a it's a pretty quick. It's if you if you've got some understanding of Tailwind and, and Flexbox and things like that, you get through it very quickly. But it's just a a fun little way to to learn about how to use uh, the Flexbox functionality. So definitely check that out. It is as I said a free online. A tool that you just fire up in your browser and off you go. Yeah, I so really enjoyed out. it. That was super fun. It was a cool little break from work one day. And I learned a couple things too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been using Flexbox for years, right? And um, it's mm-hmm. I learned a couple of really interesting things and learned the syntax uh, for how to use them in Tailwind as well. So good on you guys over there at Beyond Code. It was, that was a good one. Really enjoyed that. Okay, we have Amios 2021.07 release. So Amios is an open source Laravel e-commerce package, and it was just released. Uh, it just released this brand new version, which includes a new default theme, a new settings panel, and more. So we've got some screenshots of the new theme here, which is really, uh, really good. Colors can be customized, of course, by using defined CSS variables, which I've seen some people doing this, by the way. I think Tailwind does this too sometimes, uh, not if you're using the slimmed down, slimmed down version, or maybe it does, but they'll set variables for the different CSS colors. Uh, using CSS variables. So anyway, yes, you can customize it using CSS variables to meet your needs. Uh, There is a new admin settings back end available for adding configuration options per site, including images, shop and theme relating related settings. And of course, if you're using Laravel, you can configure it with all the fun stuff that you'd want to configure it with because it's extendable. It's just a Laravel app. You have extended order management as well in the new release, the detail view of the Amios order panel has been extended and contains warehouse management related fields now. So things like inventory. Uh, In addition uh, to the already available status and delivery in fields. So this is, you know, the tracking of your order. It's possible to handle partial partial deliveries in Amios now. So for example, if only one product is available for some reason, but two have been ordered, you can send the one and say the other one's on back order by tracking which and how many products you've already sent to the customer. uh, You get really nice warehouse management functionality. In case you don't have already have your own specialized system for something like that. Uh, so you can read more about this in the official release announcement and check out their landing page. But if you have not used this before or if you are using it and are looking for the newest version, here you go. Let's face it, your code is going to have errors and even code that is written by an amazing developer such as yourself. When errors happen, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error monitoring, uptime monitoring, and check-in monitoring into a single, easy-to-use platform. Honey Badger will send you alerts in real time with all the context you need to see what's causing the error and where it's hiding so you can quickly fix and get on with your day. The included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs are going missing or silently failing. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is important because as a self-funded business, it means they answer only to you, the developer, rather than a venture capital overlord. 
be sure to check out our friends at Honey Badger at honeybadger.io. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Very good. Also, shout out to Mr. TJ Miller, who wrote some uh, incredible code for interacting with them through a programmatic ABI. So he wrote their SDK, I think, their Laravel SDK. Did some mm-hmm. killer work on that. Yep. I've looked behind the scenes on that bad boy. It's, it's a beauty. It's a beauty to behold. So thanks, TJ, for making it really easy to interact with their stuff as well. Mm. We now have a package that allows you to generate TypeScript interfaces from your Laravel models. So show of hands, how many of you are using TypeScript in your Laravel applications? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. A couple of you. Um, how many of you do not yet know what TypeScript is? Okay. A couple. Okay. All right. I see that. So I fall into the category of I have a general idea of what TypeScript is, but I have never used it. So I feel like I'm a bit behind. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are all into the hotness that is TypeScript, TypeScript these days. Um, so I'm going to do my very best to kind of give you my guesses as to what I think this is. And then, Michael, <laughs> you're going to have to back me up. I did read about this like last week when this uh, first came out on July 27th. But here we go. So TypeScript, Laravel TypeScript is this package and it allows you to generate these TypeScript interfaces from your Laravel models. So there's an example from the documentation that demonstrates how you can take a complex model with database columns and relationships and then quickly generate a TypeScript interface for them. So the example that they give is a product and you have a category relationship as well as a features relationship, uh, as well as a ID, a category ID, a name, a price, and then your timestamps you're created at and, and updated at, and then your Uh, relationships of category and features. So you run the package and then it will declare uh, this TypeScript interface for you uh, with all of the different, basically the types of values that you could expect to receive back from this model uh, if you were going to be consuming it in your JavaScript. So uh, it can support database columns, model relationships, model accessors, and it has planned support for casted attributes as well. So we'll read your casts hmm. protected uh, attribute there and respect any casts that you uh, are returning there. Uh, so they also have an example of how you might utilize this uh, within a view three component. So you can import uh, defined component and then a prop type from view. And then uh, you have a app models product that you would import there as well. So what this allows you to do is if you were to think, I I believe this is how this works. If you were to think about getting uh, nice type hints and things like that in your uh, editor, in your IDE, uh, in JavaScript, this will essentially do that, but it also uh, will enforce types inside of your JavaScript. So if you're trying to use Mm -hmm. something that's being returned from your model in a way that cannot be used. So for example, if you're expecting a number for an ID and you're treating it as something other than that, TypeScript will allow you to know that in advance before you uh, run into errors in production. So uh, it could be really helpful. And I think for those of you who are on that TypeScript train, this is something that's definitely going to save you time instead of having to generate them yourself. You can just use this package and leverage uh, its functionality to generate those objects for you, those definitions. So pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice. How did that Beautiful. do, Michael? Does that sound about about right? It sounds conceptually right to me. There is a, a good TypeScript intro to TypeScript course from a buddy of mine, Michael Timms. Uh, so he that is on, on Laracast. I'll have a, a link to that in the show notes, but I'm pretty sure it's a, a free sort of crash course in, in TypeScript. So definitely check that out. Most of that sounds about right. Okay. It's you know the 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 types certainly help your editing experience 
you know, when you're when you're creating that code a lot smoother, um, especially if using something like VS Code. And then, of course, the types enforce the the safety of of that code to make sure that it's you know you're getting you're only being passed the things that you expect and and things like that. And it's enforcing that contract with uh, with your application code. So yeah, you definitely check that out. And shout I'll out to, a, uh, to that in the show notes. Boris Lepkin on this one. So he created that. Um, but did mention it at the top there. So yeah, thanks, Boris. Nice work on this one. Next up, we have the Composer Normalize package, which is a plugin for Composer that normalizes the Composer.json file in your projects. So Composer Normalize is something that's been around for quite some time. It's a package by Andreas Muller. Uh, you may have seen some of his stuff around the place before, but the package exists to take the pain out of formatting and organizing the composer.json file and does things such as restructuring composer.json according to the underlying JSON schema. It was saw entries in the bin configuration option. It was saw entries in your config, extra, and scripts descriptions by key. It was saw entries in conflict, provide, replace, require, require, dev, suggest. It will normalize your version constraints. Um, and it'll you know make sure it's formatted consistently. Everything's in the same order. You can use it project to project. Uh, it just helps to make sure that your uh, composer.json file it's adhering to the JSON schema for that document. So most people probably don't even know that it's a it's a thing there. But we we used to run it at my last job as part of our CI process. So we'll just do a normalized dry run and then make sure that that didn't return any errors. Uh, otherwise, we would break. Uh, we would we would kill your CI pipeline and say, please be better. Uh, Compose normalize. You can set the indent size as well, um, whether you're using tabs and spaces, things like that. So you can definitely learn more about the package and get the installation instructions on GitHub. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Very cool. It's like prettier for your composer stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice. All right, we have got some love for Laravel Nova, which by the way, I think David is hard at work on the next release of Laravel Nova. I know that mm. one of the things he just tweeted and uh, showed a little picture of is multi-key support, which I actually really needed recently. I believe that's only going to be for pro license holders, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, but the ability to add multiple API keys. Uh, so for example, if you maybe have one that you want to use in dev and one that you want to use in production, or if you have a new developer coming on the team and you don't want to give them the root API key that you're mm. going to use to deploy everything, um, you can just give them a another key and name it right for that developer that specific developer like hey this is michael's yeah. api key and then when michael decides to jump ship and go somewhere else i can delete that api key so he can't keep using that laravel nova install on his personal mm-hmm. projects right something like that so, so that's pretty cool but that's not at all what this is about but flexible fields is a laravel nova package that allows you to easily create repeatable fields or blocks within a resource So imagine that you want to allow somebody to create a little video block inside of a post that they're creating. Well, there's a couple of things that they're probably going to need. They're probably going to need something like a YouTube URL. They're probably going to need a title and maybe a little description or a tag underneath. You might even need something like a starting uh, timestamp. And so if you wanted to include Mm -hmm. those things, but you wanted to give them the ability to include maybe more than one video, you would want to have a set of fields grouped together. Uh, that you could do to add a YouTube video. So what you can do now is you can say flexible, make, and then name something like content. And then you can add a layout, which is a grouped set of fields. And then you can uh, use any of the Nova field types that that you have that ship with Nova, as well as any community-made fields. So it's not just locked down to the ones that come with uh, Laravel Nova. You can pull in any of the ones that you would use uh, normally in your projects and you can put those inside these layouts 
as well. And then you can create multiples mm -hmm. of those and move them around uh, inside your content field, which is really, really cool. So this is yeah. uh, super useful. If you're going to do something like, it almost feels like uh, Statomic a little bit, right? Or really a whole lot of other content mm. management things. Like, um, yeah, it's a little bit like advanced custom fields. Yes, thank you. That's, uh, the, that's what I was WordPress searching land. for. Yep, mm. yeah. So it's really nice, uh, really well done. So it gives you lots of power to create all sorts of dynamic content you wouldn't otherwise be able to do really easily. So uh, we'll put that up in the, sh in the uh, show notes for you, put up some links. And I'm looking for some uh, attribution here. See who can I can, who I can attribute this to. Let's see here. One second. Made with love for open source. White, white cube. cube. There we go. White Cube. Mm -hmm. Digital agency based in Belgium. Yeah. Nice job, White Cube. Thank you. So if you wanted to use Nova for a bit more of an advanced content management system where you don't trust your users so much to do some of these things, uh, this would be a great, great uh, plugin to use for your Laravel Nova. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Hmm. Nice. Uh, last up, we have a PHP pipe operator package, which is a project from Sebastian Luca that provides a userland implementation of the pipe operator in PHP. Sadly, a recent RFC that proposed this feature for PHP 8.1 was declined with a majority no vote. However, the package aims to bridge the lack of native pipe operator by taking a value and performing one or more actions on it. So you can use pipe colon colon from and pass it a string or whatever that you want to operate on and then you just chain on whatever you want on the end of it and this will handle native php functions it will handle um, anything else that you want to throw at it so under the hood pipe class will call the native php functions uh, and using method chains helps the readability of your code and is potentially less error prone than one line of procedural code where you're saying you know dollar blah equals whatever dollar blah equals the next operation so on and so forth so it just allows you to chain the whole thing together if you need more flexibility, the package also supports custom closures and the use of class methods. So you can say pipe uh, pipe from whatever, and then pipe as a as a method on the pipe class, and then you could pass it a closure and, and perform some operation on that. So you can learn more about the package, get full installation instructions, and view the source code on GitHub. Also, the author also wrote about this package on their blog, enabling PHP method chaining with a makeshift pipe operator. I think Taylor even tweeted about this as well recently that he was going to do something as as he's known to do with his, I don't know, he's he's just thinks about PHP in a different way to pretty much everyone else I know. So yeah, well, this is that this out. is great we'll see if you can find it and link it up. You do end up having times like this where you either have to do that inside out sort of code where you need to, do, you know, you have a string and you need to explode off, uh, you know, or like you need to mm -hmm. split on this and then explode and then you need to join or whatever, you know, so you just have that where you either have to do the inside out or you have to keep reassigning the same variable. So subdomain yeah. equals subdomain mm -hmm. equals subdomain equals subdomain. And then, you know, you kind of do the yeah. all the pieces. So it certainly is a lot cleaner. Yeah. It'd be nice if, if PHP had some native, you know, part of the SPL, some native objects for primitives, you know, strings and numbers and things like that. So sure. that you can perform operations on objects, but... Alas. Not to be. Alas. Alas. Uh, the other thing that I've got, I've put a few in here. I'm just going to mention them. Yes. I'm not going to go through them all because they're, they're all tutorials, blog posts, and things like that. And I was reading through them before we started the show, and I thought they were worth a share. So there's five different links here from different people that I will include in the show notes. The first one, James Bannister has written about using GZIP compression with Laravel Vapor and how you can add that. Um, using binary responses and adding headers if if the browser says that they do support gzip. Uh, we've got an article here on the 
post source blog on how to deploy Mueller search on Laravel Forge. So I didn't actually notice this, but from the the server type dropdown, you can ask Laravel Forge to just give you a Mueller search server. Oh, very nice. And it will provision Nginx and Mueller search. It's only accessible over the private IP. So you've got to put it in the same virtual network as, you know, your other, your Linode or your DigitalOcean drop or whatever. And then you can talk to Mueller search directly that way. And it's just a quick and easy way to to spin up that server. And it talks through setting up your API keys and and getting all that sort of stuff working in your Laravel application. So definitely check that out. Mueller search is a nice elastic search, sort of Algolia, self-hosted Algolia option, which will get you quite far, I would imagine, before having to drop some coin on, on another solution. We've also got Ash Allen has released a free 70p, 70p, 70 page PDF called The Clean Coder's Guide to Laravel and goes through writing clean code in your Laravel projects, covering topics such as cleaning up Laravel controllers, quick and easy tips to speed up your application, how to create your own helper functions using interfaces to write better PHP code, using the strategy pattern, which I have been using recently and am a big fan of, and making your Laravel application more testable. Uh, I say it's free. It is in exchange for your email address. So definitely check that one Free out. Enough, right? uh, I enough. have yeah. grabbed a copy of it. Yeah, grabbed a grabbed a copy of it, and uh, we'll hopefully get through that myself at some stage. Uh, the next one is an article by Abhishek, uh, which is extending Laravel Spark to list Stripe plans from the database instead of the configuration file. So if you've ever used Laravel Spark, there is a, a config slash Spark.php, which has just got an array of your plans in there and it's hard-coded and, and typically your plans won't change. But in some scenarios, for example, this one here is talking about being able to create new plans in Stripe from Laravel Nova. So if you've got a tenanted application and you need to allow your users to create plans and things like that and you handle billing on their behalf, then this is certainly a, a, a good option. It talks about getting that set up so that when you create a new plan resource in Nova, it will then fire off to Stripe uh, using the underlying uh, Stripe client to then create the, the plan based on your configuration parameters and then update the record in your database with the uh, Stripe plan and product IDs. So check that one as well if you need to do that. And the last one I have here is on uh, doken.org. Um, and this is uh, doke. Do, sorry, Doki, Duke Norg. He's a 30-year-old PHP developer from the Netherlands. Um, and this is talking about using generators over arrays and, and when you might consider using generators versus iterating over arrays and things like that in your applications. They're a much more performant option than you know loading a giant data set into an array in PHP and having that floating around memory. So there's there's this one, which goes into a good amount of detail. Also, Joseph Silber spoke about lazy collections at his earlier Laracon talk this year, which goes into a good amount of detail about using generators as well and, and how they're far more performant than, than using arrays for large data sets. So definitely check out all those community links. If you want to add your own community link, if you've got your own content that you want to share with the Laravel News listenership, viewership, readership, you can do that at laravel-news.com forward slash links. Very nice. Thanks, Michael, for throwing that together. That's super helpful. I remember the very first time I wrote an article and got a shout out on Laravel News, like made my made my month. It was pretty awesome. So 
Thanks to all you wonderful community members for putting this stuff out there. I am ex- I am now signed up uh, and looking forward to getting my Clean Coders Guide to Laravel. So thank you very much for putting that together, Ash Allen. And then also I'm looking to read about some of these generators. This is pretty cool. I mean, I've read about them before. I feel like I've never really wrapped my head around it super well. And so maybe mm-hmm. this blog post will be the key that unlocks the uh, door to my mind. I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to episode 148. It's been a pleasure having you hanging out with us. If you'd like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 148. If you liked the show, please feel free to rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be much appreciated. And of course, we would love to hear from you on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at Laravel News. And uh, hmm. make sure you put out some community links out there. All the wonderful stuff that you're writing up, this, those packages that you're creating. Feel free to throw those in the community links. We'd love to take a look at those and give them a shout out next time on the show. Yeah. Just write about write about the things that you're working on. Write about the challenges you're solving, the problems you're encountering, things like that. I've I had a run this week. I haven't written a blog post. You know, I was looking at at it uh, this week. My last my last post was in like March and before that was July of twenty twenty. So I, I think I put out four or five posts yeah. this week. Yeah, you had a little stick going on there. Sometimes you sometimes you have have those moments. So yeah, and anything, anything, it's um, it's surprising what what people do find interesting yep. when you when you put it out into the world, and you won't know until you put it out. So even if it's been written about three don't times find before, yourself. yeah, correct, yeah, your your post may be the one that clicks for someone. So don't don't think that just because it's been written about before, or or you don't find it interesting, or anything like that, that 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 should stop you from writing about it. Absolutely, because that's. When, when you're learning about something for the first time, you, that is the best time for you to share that information with someone else who, who hasn't yet come across that problem. You got it. You got it. Thanks, Michael. All right, folks. Until next time. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.